you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to another edition of Tape Heads, Bob Shoes, and Scott Pioli, Dan Orlovsky. Crawling behind the X's and O's, hopefully like no other football podcast out there. And we are going to start this Thursday edition of Tapeheads with the flashback to last week. And that was the Thursday night win that not many people saw coming without the weapons out there for Aaron Rodgers. But they got the job done, did the Green Bay Packers. Here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say afterwards. I think we're a gritty football team. I think nobody probably expected us to, to win tonight, definitely not to be maybe to be in the game, but definitely not to win with the guys that we had out. I'm really proud of the guys. I feel like we had a lot of confidence and, you know, happy with the, the way the game was called. And, and we executed, you know, well in a lot of phases. We just got to clean some things up in the red zone and, um, you know, put a team away like uh, like we had a chance to win. Well, guys, they are a gritty football team. It certainly seems to all, I mean, he is the, the center of the universe and everything with the Packers offense certainly is in orbit around Aaron Rodgers, but like, what is it about him that gets mentally on the same page? Great example of bringing Randall Cobb back. He asked for that. Cobb caught two touchdowns on Thursday night where he was able to manage his way through that game without guys that many of us thought for him, like Devontae Adams, would be indispensable. I think Aaron's relationship with Randall Cobb is when, when they're on the football field, they see the football the same way. They understand um, the why of a football play. If you go back to the touchdown that Cobb catches, which is his second touchdown, you know, Aaron motions over receiver. It's very similar to a play that they had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs last year when Aaron checks to something at the line of scrimmage. Randall Cobb's at the number two spot. He kind of wants to widen on his release, bluff like he's going to block, and they're going to throw it to that motion guy on the flat, and then he slips to the middle of the end zone. Last year, that was Alan Lazard, and he did not get that signal. It ends up being a blown, wasted play for Green Bay. 
This year, it happens on the fly. The motion comes, he hits the signal, Cobb gets it, bang, touchdown. So them just, I mean, we're to, this is the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours of things. They've mastered the understanding of seeing things the same way. You know, that is a, a huge deal. He is he's not going to rely on Randall Cobb to go be Devontae Adams. So when you have that connection, both verbal and nonverbal quarterback to receiver, you know, that's where it shows up is is when it's needed. And and that, I think that's a big thing for their offense. Really, for me, this football game was about two things. One, Matt LaFleur, and two, the Green Bay Packers defense. Matt LaFleur, this is where he shows. I think Matt's a great coach. I've been around Matt for 15 years now. This is where he showed he's bigger or, you know, uh, gr- more than just having Aaron Rodgers. You know, he understood the limitations of the, the people outside and said, OK, we're going to put two tight ends on the field and we're going to run the football because that's what Arizona struggles with. And they got into 12 personnel, two tight ends on the field 12 times in that game. Ran it for five yards a clip. They ran the ball 17 times on first down. Why? Because that's what Arizona struggles with, is stopping first down runs. And I thought that that was a brilliant plan by Matt LaFleur. So what does that fundamentally do? I'm never going to hurt the offense today. I don't know if we can go win this game, but I know we can't if I put us into second and longs and third and longs, because then the Cardinals Star Wars blitz package gets going. I'm not going to hurt us. And I think that if I can get us into second and decent and third and decent, I can go make enough plays. And that's what happened. And then the defense absolutely flew around. That was in two plus years, the best defensive performance by the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Dan, and I want to follow up on your thought about Matt and I, I worked with Matt and Matt cares about one thing, winning. He doesn't care about how he wins or his numbers as an offensive coach. So what they did is they shifted to the running game this past week. Because Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are now 7-0 and without Devontae. And so they know what the formula is. And what the formula is, you have Aaron Jones finishes with 59 yards rushing, but he also had 11 targets and 7 receptions for another 51 yards. A.J. Mm-hmm. Dillon comes in, carries the ball 16 times, 78 yards. They smashed the Cardinals in the mouth with their run game because what they went into the game knowing was that they had two good backs that could carry the load. And the f- other fact is that the Cardinals' defense against the rush was not very good and was not very strong, and that's what they exploited. Now, talk about the Packers' defense. Here's what I want to talk about with the Packers' defense, and I don't know if this is tape heads nerdyish enough, but I want to talk about Jerry Gray, who found out during that week the Packers realized he was going to be the defensive coordinator and the play caller. He's already their defensive, uh, uh, their their pass game coordinator for defense, and their their defensive coordinator was out with uh, with COVID, in COVID protocol. Jerry Gray, little background on Jerry, two-time All-American at the University of Texas, nine years in the National Football League as a corner. Four of those nine years, he's in the Pro Bowl. They're getting ready to play the number one offense, the Arizona Cardinals, and Jerry and his play calls and what he did was outstanding. Mm-hmm. The players responded to him. And, you know, I sent out a tweet during this game about Jerry because I've known Jerry for a long time. I know a lot of people that have played for Jerry. Troy Vincent, D'Angelo Hall. The list goes on and on. People that have been around him. And I, and, and I can guarantee you the next person that I see say something bad about Jerry will be the first person 
that I hear say something bad about Jerry. Yeah. Jerry is a terrific coach. And I think this is an important moment where uh, I was a little bit disappointed and frustrated. And again, forgive me for digressing here, but the, the, the network had an opportunity to highlight a good, qualified black coach. And in my my opinion, they failed. We saw him one time on the screen. We didn't talk about him or he didn't. He, they didn't talk about him. And we're going to get to the end of the season and we get to this time where we're talking about something. Again, I know this isn't X's and O's, but we're saying there aren't enough good black coaches in the pipeline. Well, where's the pipeline start? I mean, if 26 years, Scott, isn't enough, like when, when does the pipeline start for somebody like Jerry Gray? Because to me, and you're right, there certainly is the argument to be made of black coaches not being at least recognized in that pipeline enough from a hiring standpoint. But even a guy like Bruce Arians, if you take the racial element out of it, how many years did Bruce Arians have to be in the pipeline before, because he always said, look, I'm not the guy that schmoozes at Super Bowl parties. I'm not the guy that goes up and kind of, you know, politics for myself with the decision makers. My job all these years, do the best job I could, the best way I knew how, and hopefully at some point somebody smart would notice. And is that the same problem that you're seeing, not even just with minority coaches, but maybe with a lot of assistant coaches that are in that Jerry Gray mold of they're in the league for 25 years, but they just don't have that decision maker that blesses them with a job. I think we would have to have a whole additional full show on this because the, the word pipeline bothers me because the word pipeline comes along because, again, that's where that's where we've chosen to put the black coaches, right? That we have to have a pipeline to expose because uh, I say the word pipeline facetiously. Um, we've even created a phrase that that black coaches now need to come through. Because, again, I'll just say this. There's a lot of conflict of interest within this game. And there's a lot of coaches and young coaches or uh, that get a lot of attention in the media, on air, because there's maybe people that are announcing, reporting, or whatever that have the same agents as some of those people that are coaches. And exposure has to do with proximity to power. And uh, again, I don't want to digress into this further. Let's do a show at the end of this season on this. And I'd love to, but I want to, I just wanted to point out the the fact of the defense for the Green Bay Packers and Jerry Gray. Well, I think it's definitely worth pointing out. I would look forward to doing that show because I think you could give an extremely unique perspective on all of the people that you've come across in coaching that probably should be more noticed. And Jerry Gray is probably just, you know, the kind of the, you know, the flag bearer for that group that that should be more noticed. And uh, a guy that has been given a tremendous amount of notice by us on this podcast and all around the NFL. And then a guy I saw people jumping off the bandwagon, Justin Herbert. All of a sudden, Justin Herbert isn't going to Canton or, or we're making snap decisions about quarterbacks based on one performance. Or do we live in that world in the National Football League now? We're going to talk about that with Justin Herbert when we come back on Tape Ends. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. In the middle, shotgun snap to Herbert. Rares back, fires right, passes intercepted by Phillips. Rises from the turf, runs left side, 10-5. Pick six, his second interception of the day. And it's a touchdown for the Patriots. That's the way you make a play. As you can hear, Justin Herbert struggled this past week. We are back on tape heads, Bobble Shoes and Dan Orlovsky and Scott Pioli. Well, is the sky falling now with the Chargers? They've lost two in a row, and it seemed like all over Twitter – What I saw this past week was, hey, maybe Justin Herbert isn't necessarily going to Canton, but maybe Mac Jones is, right? (laughs) Like, we we have this constant Dow Jones back and forth with these quarterbacks where, and I guess we live in that world of 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week sports talk, ESPN, Dan, your show. I mean, you got to go on every day and talk about something. And you got a big panel, and you got to break down every big thing going on in the National Football League. Do we run way too hot and cold with these guys is there something wrong with Justin Herbert and the Chargers right now? Or do we expect them to just get back on the beam and look like themselves? Right now, it's a little bit of a dip in their season, and that's all we should say. Yeah, I mean, yes, we definitely run hot, too hot and cold on the quarterbacks, but we have I feel like we've always been that way. Um, I'm not going to change in that aspect as well. Like, <laughs> I feel like I keep it pretty, pretty honest about my feelings on quarterbacks. Justin Herbert's really, 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 really good. Um, in this past weekend's game, what happened was Bill Belichick put him in a blender. Um, did two things. One, attacked protection. So a lot of times people think blitz or simulated pressures, and they only think of the impact it has on a quarterback. 
Well, Belichick says there's 10 other human beings on the football field. So I'm going to attack protections. I'll attack, I'll attack guards or I'll attack tackles. And I know that that impact is going to be felt by the quarterback. So maybe I don't confuse the quarterback, but I can confuse the right tackle. And I think Coach Belichick did a remarkable job of attacking protections and individual people on the Chargers offensive line. Multiple examples where he put people up into the line of scrimmage pre-snap. When you do that offensively, I've got to respect it because they can. those guys can blitz. like They, they can come. So i got to respect it. I'll say it a thousand times, football is math. So then it creates these matchups that potentially could be one-on-one. Coach Belichick got Matthew Judon in one-on-one pass rush situations six times on Sunday. Okay? Four out of those six, Judon won. Coach's job, create the matchup, create the one-on-one. Player's job, win the one-on-one. And I thought he did a beautiful job of attacking protections. The second thing was I thought he did an incredible job of attacking tendencies. The Chargers have tendencies. It is the fundamental thing of what was the New Orleans Saints offense. Joe Lombardi, the new offensive coordinator for Los Angeles, comes over from there. There's tendencies. My favorite one was it's third and four in its third quarter. And they take Keenan Allen as a as a number three receiver in the trips and they remove him from the line of scrimmage from the, you know, he's he's kind of flexed out as the number three. And he takes three backside backers, Bentley, Van Noy, and somebody else, and puts them in, away from Keenan Allen and puts Judon by himself on the right tackle. So again, communicating protection. Then what happens is the ball gets snapped. All three of those linebackers, get they blow out of the line of scrimmage. They turn and run into coverage. Not a single one has eyes on Justin Herbert. Everyone has eyes on Keenan Allen. They know Keenan Allen, third and four. He's at the number three spot. Ball's going to Keenan Allen. They're going to try to throw him the ball quickly to get a conversion for a first down. All three of those guys turn and run with eyes on Keenan Allen. Justin Herbert throws the ball to Keenan Allen. They realize hands go up. Every, every one of the defenders, four guys, converge on the hands. It is a hit as ball gets to him, blow up in completion. That does not happen by accident. Defenders are not dropping to people like that just because they're doing it. They are coached to do that. And so I think Justin Herbert's going to be fine. But this was about the Patriots defense attacking the protection, protectors, and tendencies for the Chargers. And and I would agree, Dan. The sky is not falling on Justin Herbert. This, this, yeah, we have... Bob, you asked, yes, we do overreact. I'll say that Dan doesn't overreact because Dan's opinions, when I listen to Dan, Dan is talking more about the evaluation. And even when, you know, someone has, we we talked about when Betty Crocker burns the brownies, (laughs) Dan still continues to eat them and is okay with them saying, ah, that, I'll get another one in me and that taste will be gone. So, (laughs) In terms of overreacting, uh, I, I think we do too much, too hot and cold, high, low, whatever we want to call that. Now, Dan, I want to go back to something that you, ma- you mentioned regarding the matchups and the Judon matchups. And and having worked with Bill for 17 years, uh, he, here's a little insight. Bill pays attention to personnel matchups as much or as well as any coach that I've that I've been with. Mm -hmm. I was with Bill when he was a head coach. I was with Bill when he was a coordinator. And I remember during our years at the Jets, when he had a few, you know, fewer things on his plate, I was the director of pro personnel at that time. And I did all of the advanced scouts for the Jets. 
And when I came back from those advanced scouting missions, I had all the information of what we saw. And part of what you would do in your advanced scout or in my advanced scouting report was evaluations of the players, not just from that game, but season long evaluations. And the amount of time that Bill spent with me going over the strengths, limitations, the tells of players and wanting to know. Again, he would see certain things himself on tape, obviously, but he wanted to know from a personnel standpoint what you saw and what was each player's kryptonite. Again, because even if he didn't see it himself, he wanted to get the information. And Bill is a tremendous listener. What about the job offensively the Patriots did in this game as well? And they kept Justin Herbert off the field. You know, we talked a lot on Tuesday about the job that the Jets did creating a, an offense that Mike White would obviously flourish in, but also would be high percentage, right? Like I, I talked about that thing on Tuesday where the, the our stats and information group at ESPN tweeted out um, as if it was two uh, separate points rather than two points running parallel together that Mike White completed 80% of his passes, but it was 3.7 air yards per average, well, yes, that's how you complete 80% of your passes. They, they, they're they not going to travel a long way from the line of scrimmage. And we continue, even against good defenses, to see the Patriots able every week to scheme things for Mac Jones to play to his strength, to make it high percentage. And that allows you to put together these six and seven minute drives in a one possession game. Sure. So Justin Herbert's not on the field. So here's, and Scott knows this really well, the challenge for an offense when you are going to play the style that the Patriots have decided to play is you have to be incredibly efficient on first and second down. You have to be very good with your decision-making, and then you've got to be really good schematically on third down because you're going to be in a lot of them. Okay, so that's the challenge. You also have to be a phenomenal decision-maker because the vice versa viewpoint is when defenses, and this is going on in the NFL, are going to dare and or challenge teams to do this, their philosophy is you can't do it 10 plays in a row four times a game over four quarters. You're going to make a mistake. And so that's what they're banking on. The good thing for the Patriots is, one, they have a quarterback that just doesn't make a lot of them. He just doesn't. He is the best rookie I have seen when it comes to knowing what to do with the football, when to do it, and how to do it. He's the best I've seen. He's not splashy, no, but I've never seen a cat be able to put his foot in the ground so quickly and to know where to go with the football. There's two plays in this game, and people overlook this stuff where he puts his back foot in the ground and he gets a completion. One is to Hunter Henry on a shallow and one is to Jacoby Myers on late in the fourth quarter. I know you guys know that one where Jacoby's wide open. If Mac Jones puts his foot in the ground and takes the slightest hitch, it is a sack fumble. It is a sack fumble and a likely recovery by the Chargers. But he knows... Like the big thing is you you just he's got this great ability to know where the ball should go, when it should go there, how it's gotta go there. And that helps this offense be crazy efficient. They put a hat on a hat in a run game. I said all offseason. They were gonna go back to two thousand when it comes to football. They have. And their quarterback just consistently makes 
really, really good decisions. And the way I phrase it, Scott and, and Bob, is simple. They've got nine games left. To beat them, you are going to have to play really good because they ain't going to beat themselves. No, exactly. And, and the other part of that philosophy, Dan, everything you just talked about is, is accurate. The other part of that philosophy, go back to early in Brady's career when we played particularly one high-powered offense often, and that was Peyton Manning. And I'm not saying that Justin Herbert is Peyton Manning, but when you've got a quarterback on a roll, sometimes your best defense is your offense. Yeah. Ball control, time of possession, and to me, that's another thing that we're seeing right now out of the Patriots. Ball control, time of possession. That has always been the strength of the Tennessee Titans, usually because of one guy. They're not going to have that guy for a while. That's going to be something that we are going to talk about. A huge matchup this weekend, Titans-Rams. No Derrick Henry for at least the foreseeable future for the Titans. How does it impact things? We'll talk about that next on Tape Ends. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics <laughs> he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that, see that? ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam casella to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what so. i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. 
Back here on Tape Heads, Bob Shoes and Dan Orlovsky, Scott Pioli. All right, guys, Titans Rams. I mean, this game looked way different a handful of days ago than it looks coming into this weekend now. And, I mean, we talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier in the show as like the sun and the whole offense of the Green Bay Packers seems to orbit around Aaron Rodgers. That usually is the case with the quarterback. Am I wrong in saying that the offense, even with the other weapons, and as efficient as Ryan Tannehill has been over the past handful of years, that this offense really does orbit around the sun that is Derrick Henry. What what is the how do you schematically try and get around the fact that you now don't have this player? It's going to change. I mean, it has to change. You can't have a player as good as Derrick Henry, as important as Derrick Henry, not be on your football team and remain the same. However, I think that they still have enough things in place. They're just going to have to change how they're doing it a little bit. You know, you look at what the, right out of the gate, we weren't sure what the Tennessee Titans were going to be. And then Derrick Henry got on a roll, and they changed, and they became a better football team. To me, it's going to have to change. It's going to have to look different. But now we're going to find out how good this coaching staff is without Arthur Smith talking offensively and to see how things are going to change. Yeah. All right. This is. I think it should change zero. I I just uh, – I have been the – you know, for a couple of years now, believer that this is a throw first football team. And I don't think that that changes at all. Derrick Henry is their closer. So how they recalibrate closing football games and how they re- refigure their identity when it comes to closing football games, I think has to change. Yes. But schematically and how they try to play football, uh, specifically in the first half of games, I don't think they can change. This is a play-action pass football team. And you don't need to be a dominant run game to still be good at play-action pass. Um, I think that what the burden now n- needs to be kind of handled by Julio Jones and A.J. Brown is they have to stay healthy and play. I mean, that was really the case pre-injury. But they have absolutely no chance if those guys don't play. We've already seen Julio miss, I think, at least two games. So I still think that Ryan Tannehill is unquestionably a top three to top five player at the position when he's in the play-action world. Just because you lost one of the best backs in football doesn't mean that you become this drop-back football team. They still need to live in that world. I just don't know how they close games. Anymore Now, maybe it's when you get to the second half, it, you, you know, they, they try to get that lead and wear you out. And Derek does such a remarkable job of getting downhill and that three-yard run becomes a six-yard run and that six-yard run becomes a 12-yard run and that 12-yard run becomes a 50-yard run. How do they do that in the second halves? That's the question that they've got to figure out. Now, maybe that is uh, on second and six when they pounded the rock on the third quarter and then when they were up six, maybe it's a, another play action pass but I don't think that to their core their identity can change because if it does then I think that they play to their weaknesses and rather than their strengths Dan and and I'm not disagreeing with you because I feel exactly what you're putting down I, I do have a question with a little bit of a however yeah their ability to play action pass again as you say isn't because they have it's a dominant run game it's it's, it's these things playing into one another yeah. to me 
at times the ability to have a believable and sellable and functional play action game is mm-hmm. the threat or the mm-hmm. fear of the bet. So I guess my question becomes and why I'm thinking that they need to change a little bit. I think the fear factor of the defense and maybe some of the biting that the safeties do, maybe a little bit closeness of the, you know, some of the windows that open up because of the play action game is not that they're not necessarily, like you say, that they're dominant, but it's the fear of the potential dominance. Does that make sense? No, absolutely, Scott. I, I, I've, I, I kind of learned my, my, my viewpoint of this in 2017 when I was with Sean McVay and the Rams. He comes from that play action pass offense. And the kind of the way I tried to and, and started to describe it with people was, you know, great play action pass teams are really great illusionists. Number one thing defensive players hear forever when they start playing football is we got to stop the run. We got to stop the run. We got to stop the run. So, I mean, we're talking 10, 15 years of these guys hearing we got to stop the run. Me as a play action pass football team, that once I think that you have that philosophy, I've won. I'm just going to constantly give you the illusion that I'm running the football because your number one job is to stop the run. And so, you know, to your point, the fear of it still has to be implemented by the coaching when it comes to the consistency of calling it, because it still is fundamentally, are they going to hand it off or not? And as long as I will prove to you that I am going to remain consistent to calling these runs, you have to choose you know, in the run game, it's two things. I either blitz you or I commit numbers, right? So you, those are the only two things you can do to really stop the run. So as long as, as as Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator for the Titans, remains consistently committed to that and they're not atrocious at it, I still believe that their play-action pass football game is going to be successful. Now, to your point, Scott, those windows might be a little bit tighter. <laughs> um, the shots may not be there as much. Um, but I, I still think that I'll be fascinated to watch these games in the second half because that's where I felt Derrick Henry separated himself from everybody else in the NFL. Got a couple of minutes left, guys. On the other side of this matchup, another big acquisition this past week, Von Miller. He now is going to be pass rushing Brian Tannehill in this game. Mm. Now, Von Miller is not the Von Miller of three or four years ago, but he's still Von Miller. And I would think on this defense, because of the other weapons they've got on that side of the ball, they should probably be able to scheme him up with some one-on-ones getting after the quarterback that maybe he didn't see when he was more paid attention to in Denver. So what is the impact of Von Miller on this defense going forward and maybe just in this game for Ryan Tannehill? I think this move was about getting through the playoffs, not to the playoffs, first of all, for the Rams. Vaughn Miller's impact is going to be in that four or five game stretch for the Rams. They're going to ask him to play 20 or 30 snaps. It, for me, I've kind of phrased it as it's like a pitcher, you know, coming out of the bullpen for a playoff run for teams. So, you know, we got to go get that, that guy that can give us six outs. You know, they're going to ask him to play 20 or 30 snaps. I, I think the thing that we will see Vaughn Miller's impact the most. So right now, the Rams... What they're starting to do, and they, it's so wild because they started to do this like halfway through the season last year, and they're starting to do it halfway through the season this year. They take Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, and they put them both on one side of the, the line of scrimmage, basically at the tackle and then outside the tackle. So as an offense, so people understand when, when Aaron Donald is over my left tackle and then outside of Aaron Donald is Leonard Floyd, 
I have to send at least three human beings that way. Okay, at least. Now, what they do is they put a guy over the center as well. So then that's three guys from the center left and two of the best pass rushers. I got to take four, right? I, four, a guard, center, guard, and tackle have to go that way. So what they're doing is then creating those one-on-one matchups opposite that. That guy's going to be Vaughn Miller. Okay, so now they're going to take Vaughn Miller and a lot of times put him opposite Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. And Vaughn's got to win four times a game. That's it. That's it. Four times a game. And that's going to be the situation that Tennessee is going to find itself is how do they protect when it is obvious passing situations? And that's the presentation from the Rams defense. Yeah. And he one of my favorite things I used to love to identify for coaches in terms of evaluating players, I would sometimes say, and particularly with veteran players, that sometimes less is more. Right. That's a life saying. Sometimes less is more. And in the case of Von Miller, less is going to be more. He's going to have less reps and he is going to be more of a player. I think the other thing that's going to ratchet up his performance and production as this season heads near its end and into the playoffs is the fact that I think this trade, we saw how emotional he was. After this trade, Mm -hmm. I think that there were a mix. Again, I'm not trying to play dime store store psychologist here, but I think along with him being upset that he's leaving that community, that he loved it there and it was and it was comfortable. I think that there's this element when something like this happens to a player and they're so taken back and surprised. It's a shot on your ego. Mm. He is now uncomfortable and and and. And not that he should be because he's had a great career and it's and he's going to have, you know, he's got this football legacy belt. But I think right now he's publicly uncomfortable that, wait a second, someone didn't want me? Mm, good point. And I think that will play into part of his performance. He's going to, now all of a sudden, he has something more to prove. He's one of these guys, I've loved this guy since he came out because he always plays like he has something to prove. I think he may think that he has a little bit something more to prove because someone didn't want him around. Mm. And that, that can be sensed and felt and taken as disrespectful. But if they use him the right way with Von Miller at this stage in his career, less is going to be more. Well, can't wait to watch this game. Also games we've got coming up, Packers Chiefs, Browns Bengals, Broncos Cowboys, Jets Colts tonight. Week 9, we've got plenty of games to talk about. We'd love for you to hit us up on social media. Listen, rate, subscribe to the podcast. We'll drop another one on Tuesday. A whole new week of football to talk about. Thanks for being a Tapehead. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. You can download the Tapeheads podcast on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.